Y'all need more? Yes. Turn Chas and Angela up on that side over there, please, ma'am. Up a little more. Try it again. Oh, 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 Stop. Jessica, sing. Oh, oh, Stop. Y'all know which microphone just gone because it sounds like. Can you turn it down in the middle a little? Ooh. Let's go Sopranos. One, two, oh. Yeah, that's better.
Welcome to the Zion Hill Church family. We thank you for joining us. I'm Minister Anna Marie Thomas, and I'm here to pray. Heavenly Father, gracious Father, we thank you for your mercy daily, your grace and your mercy, Father. Thank you. We thank you that we are now able to reach out to the world, Lord, to pray for the world, to pray for our leaders all over the world so that we may come together in your kingdom, in unity. That's what we need right now, your unity, your grace and faith. We thank you, Father, for our extension. We thank you for our pastor, Lady Elizabeth, our congregation. We pray that you continue to bless us, yes. protect us, Father, yes. with your grace and mercy. We can't do anything without you, my Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you for gracing us every day, waking us up every morning to talk to you, to praise you, to worship you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We want to keep that praise going up to the Lord this morning. If you don't mind standing on your feet right where you are, you can join us in your homes and help us praise and worship the Lord this morning. Come on, say, I came in. I came in this place so burning down. Tried to lift my hands, but I was bound. But the Lord our God said to me, If I praise Him now, I'll see my feet. So I lift my hands and open my mouth and immediately God work it out. So I lift my hands and open my mouth and immediately God work it out. So I say to you, although you're going through and what He's done for me, He can do for you. So I say to Although you're going through And what he's done for me He can do for you Why don't you lift your hands Open your mouth And open your mouth And I'm leading you Why don't you lift your hands Open your mouth And I'm leading you Why don't you lift your hands Open your mouth Open your mouth, open your mouth, no more, no more, will I believe, will I believe that you can do the impossible, Lord I will never doubt again, I will never doubt again, this is what I, this is what 
We say good morning to all of you. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Zion Hill Church family. We especially welcome all of you in the audience and every one of you live streaming with us and those of you watching on television, listening on radio. Whether you are live streaming locally or nationally or internationally, we thank you for joining us this morning. If you have your Bible, will you please turn with me to the book of St. John? The book of St. John, chapter 4, verse number 24. The Gospel of St. John, chapter 4, verse 24. Very familiar scripture. The Bible says, God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for another day of worship. Thank you, O oh God, for all the families present here. Thank you for those who are watching and live streaming. Lord, I pray that something will be said or done today to increase our faith. Lord, I pray that you will use my tongue as a ready writer for your glory. We bring every suffering, every illness, every sickness and disease under the, the foot of the cross. And Lord, we ask that you heal us, that you touch us, and we apply the blood of Jesus Christ as a covering over our life, over our families, over our movement, over our job, over every blessing that you've given us. And we thank you, O God, for your protection. We thank you, O God, for your healing. And we thank you, O God, that the word of God will penetrate our heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes on the subject titled, Grace for every race. The grace of God for every race. I'm sure recently, if, if you're keeping up with the news, you will hear everybody talking about race relations. A lot of talks and opinions have been expressed on radio, on television, on social media about this problem called racism. Many of you, you have tried to seek my opinion. Pastor, what do you think about what is going on? And today... I believe what is more important is God's opinion. So I want to spend some time with all of you today and those who are watching, those who are live streaming, to share with you God's opinion about race relations. God's opinion on racism. God's viewpoint. Why? Is that so important? Why are we talking about it? Because as you well know, if you're going to be honest with yourself, race relation is becoming a problem in our society. In fact, racism is becoming a cancer. That's why you're seeing all these protests statewide, nationwide, and in fact, worldwide. And what is so sad, ladies and gentlemen, we've made a lot of progress. But now it looks like we are going backwards. So we need to address this thing. I will submit to you, ladies and gentlemen, any sickness that lasted this long, any disease that has been operating for decades and for centuries, you need more than home remedies for that. Are you still here? 
any cancer that's been messing with the society this long, you need more than over-the-counter medication. We need real surgery. And I believe with all my heart, only God can do this kind of surgery. Only God can breathe life into a valley of dead bones. So I want to share with you God's opinion about it. God's viewpoint. Amen? I want to call your attention to a story in the book of St. John, chapter 4. That story actually began from verse number 3. It was about Jesus Christ. Jesus was making a trip. He was traveling from Judea to Galilee. And when you check out John chapter 4, verse number 4, the Bible says Jesus had to go through Samaria. In other words, he, he must go through Samaria. Well, to appreciate what's really going on, let's do some geography lesson few minutes. Samaria uh, is right in the middle of two locations. Jesus is traveling from the south. Judea is in the south. That's where he's traveling from. And he is going up north to Galilee. Galilee is in the north. But in order to go from the south to the north, you have to pass through Samaria. Samaria is in the middle. It's just like here in Louisiana. Shreveport is in the north. Am I right about it? Not Louisiana. And down south is Baton Rouge. So if you want to go from Baton Rouge to Shreveport, guess what? You have to pass through where? Alexandria. Ladies and gentlemen, you might say, so what's the big deal? Just get in the car and drive from the south to the north. Where the problem is that the Jewish people, they don't like to go through Samaria. They hate that neighborhood. In fact, they call the people that live in Samaria, Samaritan dogs. Translation, racism was going on. Right in your Bible. They hate their God. They despise the Samaritan. They don't want to have anything to do with them. Then you must ask the question, why would the Jews, one race, hate the other? It's the same thing that we're dealing with there. Why are people of different races can't get along? So it's right there in your Bible. Ladies and gentlemen, to understand what caused this racial division, you need to remember back in 722 B.C., hundreds of years before this event, the people of Israel, they were committing sin against God. And as a result, God wants to punish them. And by the way, it's true with you and me. Whenever we sin against God, we open door for punishment. Did you know that? I wish I can testify sometimes. 
I've got my behind whooped many times because of what I did. Sin opened doors, and sin has consequence. So the people of Israel, they, they will sin against God. And you need to know something about God. Every time Israel sinned against God, he always punished them one of three ways. Number one, he will allow famine. It will, the economy will get in trouble. Sounds like USA, isn't it? Our economy, <laughs> take a nosedive. People will tell you, oh, we're doing very well. That's a lie. <laughs> we went down. Just like the Israelites. Another way the, the Lord deal with the Israelites, he will allow plague to come and attack them. Sounds like what we're dealing with right now. Coronavirus is a plague. So when you don't do the will of God, when you begin to thump your nose against God, God will allow things to happen that is not too favorable. The third way God deal with them, ladies and gentlemen, when they messed up, he will allow their enemies to come and attack them and take them captives. Just like the Israelites, we have enemies too. We got to deal with the Chinese, we got to deal with the Russian, we got to deal with North Korea, Iran, I mean, name them, they're all over the place. So this time, the Israelites messed up again. So God decided to deal with them. And what God did was to allow the enemy, the Assyrians, to come in and attack them and conquer them. And the Assyrians took all of the Israelites as captives. So now the Israelites were removed from their country and taken to where? To Assyria. And you know human beings, when they got to Assyria, they begin to mix and mingle, and then they begin to produce uh, new children. And those new children are called Samaritans. And the Jews hate them. You know why? Because they think they're not pure-blooded Jews. So the Samaritans are the result of interracial marriages. And the Jews thought that was wrong. But God don't see anything wrong with the Samaritans. So the Jews call them dogs. The Jews think they are less of a human. Sounds like some of what we're dealing with now. And ladies and gentlemen, but Jesus, who is a Jew himself, decided to go through Samaritans. His own people don't like the Samaritans, but because Jesus is God, he said, I'm not going to be a part of racial mess. I'm going to love everybody. I can stop there and go home. If you really want to be a child of God, you shouldn't get into any racial mess. It's a sin. That is why Jesus said, I must go through Samaria. 
Verse 4 said it clearly that he had to pass through Samaria. I will submit to you there are two reasons why you have to do that. Number one is because of the geography. I told you Judea is in the south, Galilee is in the north. In order for him to go from south to north, he had to pass through the middle, which is Samaria. But there's a second reason why he had to go through Samaria. It's because Jesus wanted to confront this issue of racism once and for all. He wanted to nail it in the butt. He had an appointment with a Samaritan woman. The very people that the Jews say you don't talk to them. You don't like them. They are dogs. Ladies and gentlemen, please notice where Jesus met with that Samaritan woman. The Bible says they met at a well. That's not just a location. The Bible clearly indicated in verse number 5 of John chapter 4, the Bible said they met at Jacob's well. That is significant. You know why? Because although Jews hate the Samaritans, and by the way, it's not a one-way thing. The Samaritans also hate the Jews. Sounds like what is going on in America. You don't like me? I don't like you. We're even. And then everybody's screwed. Now we're killing each other. Now we don't trust each other. Now everybody's af- afraid of each other. But it's a word for all of us from God. Jesus refused to be like his own people. He refused to behave like the rest of the Jews. He decided to meet with a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well. Why is that important? Because the Jews have a lot of respect for Jacob. And the Samaritans also have a lot of respect for Jacob. You know why? Because both of them, they are children of Jacob. So although they hate each other, but they came from the same father. Let me help somebody. Those of you who are black, those of you who are white, do you know you came from the same father? So it's stupidity at best to be racist when you came from the same blood. Adam is the father of all whites. Adam is the father of all black. Adam is the father of any human being on earth. Another thing I want you to to pick up from that story is that Jesus deliberately chose that location because Jacob's well, Jacob is one thing that they both have in common. My friend, if you want to improve race relations in America, if you don't want this country to go down the tube, racism can destroy a nation. One way we can solve this problem is to look for common ground that we all can connect with one another. There's all kinds of people in America, but we all have some things in common. We all have our children to be blessed. We all have our family to be protected. We all want to make a living. There are common ground that we can come together. Part of the problem is that too many of us, from the crack house to the White House, 
We are pushing for divisions among the people instead of finding something common to bring people together. Jesus chose that very place because he, he knew the Samaritans can relate to it. He knew the Jews can relate to it. We all have something common. Jacob is both of our fathers. Ladies and gentlemen, my message to you is that in order for you and me to do better on this question, we've got to find things that we all can agree on. We've got to find common grounds to relate to one another. You keep on following that story in John chapter 4 verse 7. When Jesus got there and he met the woman fetching water, Jesus asked her, can I have some water? See, that's not just a mere request. That request is very significant. In other words, Jesus is saying, although I'm a Jew, although my people don't like you, you're a Samaritan, we call you a dog, but I'm willing to put my leaf in your, in your Samaritan cup. You know why there's no improvement in race relations? Nobody's willing to put their leaves in another person's cup. And if we continue in this pathway, you can have the best military in the world. You can have the best economy in the world. It will be self-destruct if you don't deal with the problem of racism. There have got to be some people who are willing to cross the line and go into the other side and say, I love you. I'm sorry my people don't care for you. Or I'm sorry that the society have treated you this way. But because of God in me, I'm willing to put my leaves in your Samaritan cup. You look at John chapter 4, verse 9. I'm going verse by verse. That woman said, wait a minute. You're a Jewish man. I'm a Samaritan. You know you don't like us, and we don't like you. We don't have dealings with each other. So why are you asking me for a drink? It's just the kind of foolishness that's going on now. People will say, wait a minute, you black, I'm white. You know I don't like you, and you don't like me. <laughs> you see how foolish people can be? Yes, I work with you on the job, but that's about it. I don't know where you live, you don't know where I live. You, you keep your own business, I mind my own business. You see the problem? Why is it that I can play football with you, but I can't go home with you? It's a hard problem. It's a hard problem. So people have learned to disguise their real, their true picture, their true feeling about things. And just tolerate one another instead of celebrating one another. The question must be asked. When this woman says, you're a Jew, I'm Samaritan, how does she know 
that Jesus is a Jew. Jesus didn't say, hello, sister girl, I'm a Jew. Can we talk? No, he didn't say that. How did she know? I will submit to you, it could be that she noticed this man's accent. That he has a Jewish accent. It could be the way Jesus dressed that day. I mean, you've seen it sometime. My wife and I will dressed up in African dress. Just to let you know, we know who we are. We're proud of who we are. Eat your heart out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what, what the Bible is trying to show you is that you don't have to hide your identity to relate to other people. Be proud of who you are. You don't have to be trying to be white when you're black. You don't have to try to be black when you're white. Enjoy who God made you, but be able to relate to other people. Ladies and gentlemen, I am feasibly, I am probably African. I don't have to introduce myself. Once you see me, you can say, ah, that boy is from Africa. You know how James Brown say, I'm black and proud? Be proud of who you are. If you're white, hallelujah. If you're black, hallelujah. There's a reason why Joseph had a coat of many colors. Not one color, many colors. It's letting you know the heart of God, the mind of God. It's not a coincidence on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says people from every tribe, hallelujah, they were gathered in Jerusalem, and every one of them felt the power of God. It was not just the Jewish people. People come from all, and I tell you, when you get a chance, read the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 7, verse 9, you will see again, John said, I saw in heaven people from all walks of life, people from all tribes, if you don't like people who are different from you, you're not going to heaven. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, what is the message? You don't have to be like the rest of the mess going on. When a man or a woman is in Christ, he's a new creature, she's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things become new. You'll be surprised. Some of you, you are so racist, you won't even go to some neighborhood. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus didn't say, I'm a Jew. He chose to deal with somebody different from him. That's the heart of God. Jesus is not asking any of you to give up how God made you. But don't use how God made you as an excuse to oppress another. Don't use how God made you as an excuse to misuse or abuse another person that God made different from you. That's racism. The problem here is that all of us, we are too busy trying to shape Christianity 
to look like we are. You ever wonder why you go to some church and then and you, <laughs> it's so trippy. You go to a white church, they paint Jesus as white. They say, yeah, that's Jesus. And then you go to a black church, you see another picture, they paint Jesus as black. You know somebody lying. <laughs> the problem, we are too busy. Trying to make Christianity fit our culture. Trying to make Christianity fit our race. But Jesus, the word of God is saying, let all men be liars. Let God be true. Just because your people or people of your race are not free with another race, that don't mean you have to be a part of that mess. Jesus chose not to be like the rest of the Jews. He saw their racist feeling. He saw that what they're doing is not of God. And he crossed the line. That's God's opinion about it. Don't be so committed to your race that you are now operating outside Christian race. Are you feeling me this morning? Yes, there's your black race, there's a white race, but there's something called the Christian race. Don't be so white that you're now operating outside the Christian race. Don't be so black that you're now operating outside the Christian race. The Lord don't like ugly. Stop trying to tell people about Jesus and your heart and right. You wonder why the, the winos don't come to church? I'll tell you why they're not here. Because they can see through all the hypocrisy of the church. They can see through all your racial bias. They can see through your spirit of prejudice. Don't tell me to come to Jesus when you don't care about me. Don't say you have a black friend and when you don't even know where I live. Am I really your friend? Or you just want to say something nice? The winos, the drug addicts, the crackers, they have a heart for God. But they're not willing to deal with our prejudices, with our racism, with all the mess going on in the church. You sing with me. But after singing, it's over. That's it. Take note. The way Jesus relates to this woman. Are you all still here? You know I'm, I'm free. You know. The way Jesus relates to this woman, he came down to her level. You have to... If you really want to solve this problem of racism in America, every one of us need to get off our high horse. How are you going to minister to a crackhead that you can't even relate to? How are you going to have a conversation? I was really joking this morning, but I was telling the truth about it. When I really want to go into the hoods, many of you don't know this, my wife and I, uh, each month we will buy a four, $40 ticket. That's all it is, $40 to ride buses. We have a car. 
to be honest, we have, we have many automobiles. But we will buy tickets just to go on the green bus so that we can go into the neighborhood and meet real people and identify ourselves with them. We will get in a blue jeans. We will park our automobile far away and get on the bus. Some of them see us, ha! Some of them will see me on the bus and say, are you the man on TV? I say, yes, I am. Can I touch you? Of course you can touch me. What do I look like? I'm just a brother. And we will hug. Some of them will cry with me. They could not believe you can get off your high horse and come to the hood to see real people. How are you going to minister to anybody when you don't know who they are? God hates racism. Yes, he do. Ladies and gentlemen, this woman had a, a, a good conversation because Jesus is not all high up there. In their conversation, the woman said, but Jesus, I, I, I like you, man. It's amazing that I can, I can talk to a Jewish brother. But he said there's one problem. See, your folks, here comes racism again. He said, you people. You ever seen when, when somebody look at you and say, you people? <laughs> he said, you people say you can only worship God on this mountain. But he said, my own forefather said you can only worship God on this mountain. He said, so we cannot connect. That's the same mess going on now. You see some people say, no, this is a black church. This is a white church. This is a Korean one. All of us wrong. Yes, I said it. Don't turn me off. God don't make no black church. God don't make no white church. Isn't it a shame in America that the, the most segregated hour of the week is still Sunday morning. That's why Jesus has to confront that woman. He says, Sister Girl, you're missing something. All of those theories are wrong. God is not on that mountain, He's not on this mountain. God is a spirit. And anybody that will worship Him, it has nothing to do with your race. It has nothing to do whether you like soul music or you like country music. If you're going to worship God, you've got to worship him from your heart and tell the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem in America today, most of us, we're living a lie. We pretend as if, oh, we don't have racial problem. The devil is a lie. Not only do we have racial problem, it's a big problem. It's becoming a cancer in the society. Oh, it's just some few bad apples. You are a lying devil. I said it. It's not just few bad apples. It's a cancer in the society. And until we deal with it, we're going to be living with the fruits of, of this wickedness. Jesus said, it's not about where you worship or how you worship. 
It's about your spirit. It's about the truth. What am I trying to tell you? It's time for all of us to stop following traditions of men. Just because you are raised this way. Just because mama told you don't mess with the black folks. Or daddy told you don't mess with the white folks. That don't mean they are right. In fact, I know they are wrong. Let's embrace the teachings of Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, our problem today is that we are operating religion that is rooted in our culture, that is rooted in our various races and various traditions. And all that may be a fact of history, but just because they are facts, don't make it the truth. Brother Pastor, then what is the truth? I'm glad you asked. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, the Bible says, sanctify them with the truth. Thy word is the truth. The word of God is the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, let me share another encounter of racism in the Bible. To show the heart of God. It's found in the book of Acts chapter 10. Beginning from verse 9. Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul and Apostle Peter was involved in this story. Peter was having a prayer meeting. Do you know you can be a Christian? Or think you're a Christian and still be racist? I will submit to you there are many people in the house of God. They are bigots. And racist. There are many people in the pulpit. Don't turn me off. Peter was a follower of Jesus Christ. In the church, he was praying one day and then he got hungry. And while he was hungry, he dozed off him and went to sleep. I've been there. And while he was sleeping, God showed him a vision. In that vision, he saw a plate coming from the sky. And that plate is full of food. Remember, he went to sleep hungry. And then all of a sudden, he noticed in that plate that it's, it's full of all kinds of bad food. Because he's been brainwashed to think those food are no good. The Jews, there are some things they don't eat. Pork is one of them. They think eating pigs is no good. So he is hungry. He saw food in front of him, but he refused to eat. Many Christians, if you're not careful, you will miss your blessing because of your racism. Here you are, you're a black person, but you hate the whites. Here you are, you're a white person, but you hate the blacks. What if God wants to bless you through a black man? You're going to fool around and miss your blessing by being stupid. He is hungry, but he would not eat. God has to talk to him and say, son... Go ahead, get up and eat. And he had the audacity to share his race, 
races filled with God. He said, no, I'm hungry, but we don't, we Jews, we don't eat this kind of mess. That's why God have to tell whatever I call clean, don't you dare call it unclean. Get your behind up and eat. Where were you when I made heaven and earth? And thank God for Peter. He got up and he eats. And then God revealed to him why he's making him eat what he's not used to, what he, he dislikes, what he hates. God said, you see, you thought the Gentiles are no good, just like you, you think this food is no good. You thought because somebody is black, he is no good, or because somebody is white, or because somebody is Hispanic. He said, but I'm a God. I'm trying to reach everybody. So I want you to go to a man's house in another city. His name is Colinius. He's not Jewish like you. He's not, he's not in church like you. But I love him just as much as I love you. He has a heart for God. Go to another city. Go meet this man. Preach the gospel to him. The reason why I'm making you eat something that you think is unclean is because everybody is clean. Because God loves everybody. Peter obeyed. Peter went to the house of Colinius, and you remember what happened. He preached to Colinius' family, and ladies and gentlemen, Colinius becomes saved. All of his family. And the Bible said in Acts chapter 10, verse 21, because of Peter's obedience, because he changed his heart, he changed his thinking, he changed his racist views. Now we see a Gentile family got saved. After the church was over, they sat together, they began to celebrate, they began to eat. Of course, that means Peter will now eat with the Gentile family. All of a sudden, Peter discovered there's some food out there that he, he thought was no good, but it tastes good. All of a sudden, Peter have to eat some pork chop. He said, where have I been all this year? This is good stuff. All of a sudden, Peter tries some Buddha and says, oh, hallelujah. Where have I been all this year? He tries some chitlins. Then he tries some pig feet. Who said, whoa, this is some good stuff. Peter was still, and John himself, he got a, a neck bone in his mouth, just, just, just chewing on it. He said, oh, glory. This is some good stuff. And while he was eating, <laughs> some Jewish people showed up. And they were shocked. Reverend, what are you doing? You are hanging out with these sinners and then you are eating pork chop, neck bone, pig lip. <laughs> now Peter is having some bacon with his, with his eggs. He said, these are no-no's. But here's where things got really bad. Peter, who has been doing the will of God, Preaching, 
and obeying God and reaching out beyond his race. Now, he felt bad. He didn't want to, to offend his friends. So many people are racist today. In their heart, they want to do the right thing. But when they're around their So Peter said, yeah, maybe you're right. He got up and he left. You see how you can miss God's blessing? Tell the story, Doc. Just because other people like you don't like, that don't mean you should be a part of that mess. Sometimes you may, be, you may be a white person and you're in a company of other whites and they're saying negative things about blacks and you shut your mouth even though you know in your heart they're wrong. Same thing with you black folks. You see people talking negative and evil about white people and you know in your heart that I ain't right. But you shut up and you did nothing about it. No wonder where we're in such a big mess today. Peter got up, and the Bible said, not only did he get up, he said, other Jews around him also get up to leave. It is a shame what is coming through Washington. I, it saddens my heart. You are the salt of this earth. If the salt lose its taste, of what good? You are the light of this world. Do you know what it means to be the light of this world? When you see something right, don't be a part of it. Jesus is a role model. He demonstrated to all of us. You know why all the Jews left? Because they are following leadership. And part of the problem of racism in America is start riding the pulpit. Because the pulpit is silent. Guess what? The rest of the church is silent. Because the pulpit, the pastors, hey, don't turn me off. Especially those of you, my white brothers in the ministry, this is your moment to speak up. Against unrighteousness. How can we change the White House until we change the church house? Let me end by this note. Turn to the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 11. Apostle Paul showed up at the same gathering. And Apostle Paul saw what is going on. He saw what Peter was doing. And he confronted him. Publicly. He said, Peter, what are you doing? You are going back to your racist self. You know better than that. You know the blood of Jesus atoned for everybody. How dare you? This is not what Jesus Christ stands for. Jesus is not about whether you're Jews or Gentile. The only qualification for you to be a child of God 
is that you recognize you're a sinner and that you recognize you're a savior. Mr. Peter, you're a preacher. How, how on earth you wander into all this foolishness again, trying to please your friends, trying to satisfy your people? Your people didn't die for you. This is not about your race. This is not about your color. It's about the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul confronted him openly, publicly. And Peter had to repent. Somebody today needs to repent deep in your heart and begin to stand up for righteousness and begin to stand up for holiness and begin to stand up for justice. It don't matter where you are. Don't try to just get along with evil. Call it like God called. I'm going to invite our worship team back here to worship with us. But before we leave, I want to invite somebody to Jesus Christ. He's our role model. He crossed racial line to deal with the Samaritans. He showed that he loved everyone. On the day of Pentecost, when he brought the Holy Spirit, he made sure that Holy Spirit fell on everybody. Not few people. If I were you today, I will repent and invite Jesus to come to my heart. You say, Pastor, I'm not even there in the church with you. See, there's a number under the screen that you can call. There are pastors and ministers of the gospel waiting and ready to pray with you. Maybe you've had racist few before. This is an opportunity to say, yes, I was wrong. I want to get it right. I want to be like Jesus Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you. The type of mindset that is in Christ Jesus. You can make that decision today. Ladies and gentlemen, those of you who are here, I also want to invite you to give for the work of the ministry. If you see the hand of God upon this ministry and you see this as a good ground, why don't you be a part of what God is doing? On your way out today, I will encourage you to leave your tithes and offering. There's a basket, an offering plate at the back of the church. And believe me when I tell you, the Lord will bless you for it. Some of you may be saying, well, pastor, I'm not in that house. I'm not in the church. How do I give? Well, go to our website, zionhill.com, and there's an opportunity for online giving. We appreciate all your support, and I want you to know we do our best to be good stewards of God's resources. Please help me welcome our worship team one more time. God bless you.
with me today. Say it is finished. It is finished. And it's sealed in heaven. Sealed in heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's already. Already. Oh, it is finished. It is finished. And it's sealed in heaven. Sealed in Be blessed.